0: Who would have thought that Haas coming into the penultimate race weekend with a mere 36 points and securing pole for the first time ever, along with Kmag's first ever pole, was not one of the most important things to come from this weekend? Because, like the rain in Sao Paulo on Friday, drama was pouring. It's lights out and away we go for episode 87 of the Eatin' Asphalt podcast. <laughs> All right, I mean, we had a wet and wild, wild and wet, crazy weekend all around. Um, I mean, just on and off the track, uh, tensions are flaring between teams, between garages. Uh, this was the the ultimate race weekend that had everything. Like you, I could not have added a crazier, at, like sprinkle on onto this race weekend.
1: I mean, what, for like first off we can all agree that we're fans of the sprint race now. I saw everybody change their position there. (laughs) Because, like, who doesn't want more of that? Like, all all we need is one awesome kick-ass sprint race, and now everybody's on board, myself included.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it is funny seeing, like, the fans take it one way, and then, uh, like, Ferrari, I think, like, Mattia was just like, you know, this isn't a true indication of, you know, the performance of the cars and performance of the teams. Fuck you, dude. No, this was fantastic. I don't really want the, the like, the best performance of the cars and best performance of the team. If that were the case, I think Ferrari would be winning. So shut the fuck up, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like this. For years now, it's been, it's not about the best, you know, it's more about the drama than it is like, oh, this car is going the fastest, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, we need more drama, and that sprint race style is definitely going to give it to us. Um, dude, I, I'll i be honest, I've been looking forward to this basically since the checkered flag. <laughs> like, I can't wait to talk about this because we got a lot to get into.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot to get into, we do. So on this episode of the podcast, we have our good, bad, and ugly, followed by our race haikus our race recap our gambling corner and then finishing up with our Fuck. race predictions recap so i mean for me just fantastic all around love every sector that we've got going <laughs> on uh, getting into our first sector our good bad and ugly in would you like to would you care to endeavor i mean there's i, I have no idea i have absolutely no idea <laughs> what your good bad and ugly are there's just too many things to guess
1: All right. Starting with the good. My good is going to be Drive to Survive. So for years, the biggest criticism of Drive to Survive was that it fabricates stories to make things more interesting. And now, unless they make the episode, unless they make the season like 30 episodes, they're going to have to leave 90 percent of the drama out from from Brazil alone. Mm -hmm. Like they could make a whole entire season of Drive to Survive with just Brazil like just Brazil storyline. So, yeah, I want to drive to survive variation where you get to see, uh, like, one of – Jesus fucking Christ, dog.
0: Ian's dog has approached and uh, is ruining the podcast. (laughs) All right, we're back. I was saying
1: uh, I want a, like, spin-off of Drive to Survive that's just called, uh, like, Drive to Brazil, where it's the debrief of all of the team's, like, race weekend debriefs, because, and I just want it, no cuts needed, just like, just like we do with the podcast, baby, just so <laughs> record it and send it out there. to the world. <laughs> Grip it and rip it. Um, so, yeah, that's my good, ah, uh, jeez, dude, I just read it in my... Like, I just read my bad, and I got sad. My my bad is uh, my hopes for McLaren, because it's over. We had a sprint weekend where we looked quick, looked like we could snag extra points in the sprint. Alpine had a horrible sprint, so that was a perfect, like, way to gain some ground, but Danny is slow, and Lando did what he could and only got away with two points. Could have made up some, you know, could have had a great strategy, could have made up some you know, good, good ground in terms of the points battle in the Constructors' Championship. But, uh, yeah, not our weekend. Double DNF. You love the sport. Sometimes it doesn't love you back. Congrats to Alpine. And for the love of Christ in heaven, I need Oscar Piastri <laughs> faster than, you know, faster than anything. Because this is just so annoying, man. Oh, like, here it's, we go I've had again. enough with this oh, Danny Oh, no. I've had enough of you.
0: <laughs> literally <laughs> been, last week. I've been dude, saying Literally last week. <laughs> I've been, dude. Dude,
1: you're You're garbage. <laughs> I've been saying it. Dude, I've, I've never faltered on my opinion of Danny Ricciardo. <laughs> um, my, my ugly, I mean, you can probably imagine. I, I, I saved the ugly for you because I feel like I, I knew you're ugly. Mine's going to just be Max Verstappen defenders on Twitter. Um, they have done the ultimate, like, talk about anything else other than Max being a complete douche. I'm talking about like going back and showing like pictures of Sebastian Vettel um being like, "Oh, this team is so great." I saw a couple like tributes to Didi, uh the uh, uh what's his name? Dietrich, the guy who started Red Bull, mm-hmm. um like some tributes to him. So it was just an all out like avoid talking about how hor- like just completely indefensible Max was. So we'll talk about that later, I'm sure, but yeah, Max Verstappen uh defenders on twitter and big fans they were either very quiet or they were very uh avoiding the you know the topic at hand
0: yeah yeah uh absolutely very good good about and it and ugly i will uh try try my best to follow yours my good is going to be i mean this is kind of a cop out but like everything literally everything about this weekend <laughs> for me since becoming a formula 1 fan and watching it religiously every single weekend it has been a top 3 wait it has been a top 3 race weekend i have ever seen friday saturday sunday all were thrilling every single day had storylines to talk about enough for a, a full weekend and then i mean it just i don't want to just have to go on a 10 minute chan, tangent of good that we have to like i could not be more excited to break down Each and every one of these parts for this weekend. But I I just could not pick a single thing particularly to be my good. I just, I loved it all. It was just fantastic. My bet is going to be, I think just people right now looking for and looking to apply for open F1 opportunities because they're about to have some serious competition. Yes, Ferrari has finally (laughs) made a smart move. It only took them one race left to figure something out, but they will be moving on from Mattia Bonotto and hopefully joining him on the search for a new job as Javi Pedro, Charles' race engineer. Rumor has it, Frederick Vessor will be replacing Mattia. Fred has been Alfa Romeo's managing director since 2017. Prior to that, he was Reynolds for about a year, year and a half. And you might be thinking, hey, Ferrari deny these rumors. This isn't a real thing. But uh, that made me that much more excited for, that this is actually going to happen because I remember just yep. a mere year ago when old Otmar rumors were coming around saying he was leaving Aston Martin for Alpine and he was like, these are some crazy lies. This just feels almost verbatim what I'm seeing of like the rumor came out, everyone denying it, and then it's going to be... I mean, it, it took Otmar a couple months and stuff for that to officially ha- happen. I'm guessing this is going to happen you know, once the season is over. Uh, But this is just, it is inevitable. I love Fred. I think he is um, a very dry, funny, entertaining guy. And I think he's actually pretty damn good at his job. So um, I'm all for this. Uh, I just feel bad for, like I said, I mean, with Mattia, you know, trying to find a new job, the the current people that are trying to find Formula One jobs are just in big trouble. So I feel bad for them. All right, my ugly is going to be... Kind of similar to yours. Uh, I mean, th- I think this is just low-hanging fruit, but I'm going to go with the entire Verstappen family. Um, I, these people just <laughs> straight-up fucking suck, dude. First, I mean, we're going to get into this like you said. Max was just a huge chotch the entire weekend. Total dick at the end of the race. And instead of apologizing, blames the garage for approaching him with that sub- such a ridiculous request to help his, out his teammate. Um, obviously, we know he, his physically abusive father, his racist, soon-to-be father-in-law, but now his mother is joining the turd stew we call the Verstappen family by going on to Instagram saying Checo was cheating on his wife in in Monaco. Just complete out of the blue, like this had nothing to do with anything that was going on. So, look, cheating is bad. We all know it. Ian knows all about it. Whether it's going to... (laughs) Whoa. Weird ricochet shot. Not true. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We'll cut this. Psych. <laughs> whether whether it, it, like this is a, just a shitty, shitty rumor or has some merit to it, spilling it into the entire world has got to be just one scumbag move to be like your teammate or like a uh, family member of your teammate. Everyone knows prof- professional athletes are known to dip their pen in young, attractive pools of ink uh, throughout their careers. But you know what else everyone knows is that their teammate or family of teammates should not be the one spilling the beans. Um, I just like I was just kind of thinking about with the um, holidays coming up. Like I could not think of a worse family to have to spend the holidays with just all these all these like terrible, terrible people all in one room. It just it seems like an absolute awful time. So, yeah, my bad is going to be the entire Verstappen family.
1: That's a great bat. I mean, pretty pretty indefensible. And I think like the biggest thing that I took away from all of this is they still have to race together next year. And so if Verstappen's mom is ever in the paddock during a race weekend, Checo has every right to go up to her and be like, hey, what the fuck what was the that? Hell, you fucking like, bitch.
0: What the hell was that? <laughs> that's a bit far. Like, I mean, me this had nothing, nothing to do with the race. Nothing to do with yeah, this. Yeah, all— All I
1: did was ask your son to give me a position that he doesn't need, and now you're calling me out, like trying to destroy my marriage. So yeah, Uh, I I think like I just again, dude. I wish I could be in the race debrief. Like I wish I wish Checo saw that on his way into the race debrief. I was like, hey Max, can you tell your mom to fucking
0: chill? (laughs) He he just starts like uh, reporting her, gets her suspended, just (laughs) online abuse. (laughs)
1: Reaches out to Zuck. Yeah, exactly. Fake news. Uh, All right. Good stuff. Good, good, bad, and ugly. Wonderful good, bad, and ugly. Let's move on to our race haikus.
0: All right. I will start it off with, since you started off your good, bad, and ugly, my haiku is going to be Brazil was a thrill. Mercedes back to old form. Drama, drama, damn. Nice. I thought drama was Mine's one gonna be... for a second, and I just did five dramas. <laughs> I did, I too. Like, drama, 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 drama.
1: And that would have been so I did much do. better. <laughs> it, made me, it made me pause. I was like, what the fuck did you just do? Did you just say three <laughs> syllables? But, yeah, you're I right. I got to. I, I uh, typed out my... all
0: dramas at first, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> this has, this has been a lot. <laughs> This has been a battle all year
1: for us. Uh, mine is Ferrari blunders. Verstappen confirmed douchebag. One more race, I'm sad.
0: Right on, right on. Um, I think this might have been our top two good, bad, and uglies and our top two haikus. So uh, moving right along, we're just, let's ride the hot hand onto our race recap.
1: Oh boy, here we go. Uh, All right, starting off from free practice into quals, into the sprint race, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Nothing too, like, I would say groundbreaking in free practice, but quali was, like, probably one of the more entertaining qualifying, uh, qualifying sessions I've ever seen um, you know, it was a race against the rain. So the rain was kind of like, you know, in the background, it was a literal black cloud that was coming over everybody. And they were like, all right, let's get in the times where we can, where the track's not wet so that we don't have to go on these slow intermediates or slow six slicks. Um, and you know, true to form, Charles just got absolutely boned by his team in a kind of like late ish in, I uh, was a Q1 or Q, I guess Q3. Um, yeah, Q3. And Checo also did not get it right. His side of the garage did not put him on inters, um, and yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Obviously, ended up with Charles in tenth place, Checo in ninth place after the you know after the qualifying session was over. The coolest thing that I one of the cooler things from qualifying was that Lewis just did that parade lap. So once it started raining, everybody was like, "Well, that's it. We're not going to get a faster lap. Why would we risk you know sending the car into the wall?" And Lewis just went out there basically as like a hey, you know, he was kind of like doing the the mm-hmm. parade wave to all of his fans, you know, all of his fellow countrymen. I guess I should say. Um, and then, you know, toward the end of quals, most electric part of the weekend, uh, Mag first pull. This was, do you remember last year in, I think it was Spa, when George got, uh, it was like P2 or something like that? That was like the same feeling. There's nothing better than an unexpected person getting on the front row, like a very yeah. unexpected person. She's like, "What the fuck? What do you mean he's gonna start in front of all these fast cars?" So K Mag on pole, uh, you could tell it was kind of it was kind of cute. You could tell it's like you know, act like you've been there before, but you could tell he never had been there before because was like, "Oh my God, guys, I feel so good." He's like, "Don't celebrate, don't <laughs> celebrate. No one should no one should be celebrating." He's like, "Dude, you Dude, don't Eddie know." He's like you a want, little man. Yeah, little kid on Christmas. Um, so, yeah, that was Quals on, I guess, Friday, leading into the sprint race on Saturday. Uh, Ferrari looked slow in the sprint race. Charles took about half the race to, like, start gaining positions. So Alonso went out early, and then he was just, like, chilling in P9 from, uh, from starting in P10 stroll pushed off vettel and gave us one of the better radio messages of the like i guess of the weekend where vettel just got pushed off he's on the grass could have crashed just like uh stroll caused alonzo to crash in austin and vettel was like okay sounds like all right (laughs) like what the fuck (laughs) until again we've said it before dude's just like super checked out and i'm very happy for him uh let's see oh Dude, scrap between George and Max uh, when they were jockeying for first place. Um, I it was I saw a quote that was like, "It's pretty safe to assume." or I saw a tweet that said, "It's pretty safe to assume that like this battle is going to be happening multiple times for the next several years." It was like, "Oh, damn, you're right." Like I don't really remember George and Max really having a battle where it was like you know where it was like even yeah. like the Mercedes car and the Red Bull seemed basically on par. And that was awesome. Like, I I mean, f- fill me up with that. Like, fill me up with George Russell and Max Verstappen going at it. So I think there is a lot to look forward to as far as that battle is concerned, uh, or as far as that, you know, potential rivalry, I guess I should say, is concerned. Um, and another note I have on here, uh, taking time to acknowledge how slow Williams is. So Fernando um, hit Esteban, needed to get a new front, ri- front wing. Williams put Latifi on mediums. For the sprint race which was a move that i think only he and max verstappen did and so that was pretty mind-boggling and uh fernando closed like had to pit on the first after the first lap and closed the gap to latifi in 15 laps so basically was up two seconds a lap or so on latifi's pace <laughs> it was just like why is he still racing? Yeah. Like, just at that point, you do throw in the. T- like, don't risk a driver's safety. <laughs> just take the last place and walk away. His slowness is a danger. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's fucking it up for everybody else. Um, and, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, overall, like, it was cool to see. Cool to see George win that sprint race. I thought that was going to be like, all right, that is his win for the season. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it obviously wasn't. And, you know, Max Max getting some damage on the front wing during that sprint kind of, like, opened the door, I think, for him to really, like, claim that spot and get front row of the grid for the Grand Prix. So, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome quals. And, and sprint. Like Marco said, there was just, there was so much good. Like it was so good to be a formula one fan uh, on, on both Friday and Saturday this past weekend.
0: Yeah. I, um, I could not agree more. I thought another really good, you said Vettel's radio was just fantastic. I thought Charles radio was very good as well, where they did put him on enters and he was like, am I the only one out here on enters? Or like, yep. And he was yeah. like, fantastic. <laughs> like, you know, it's, when you go straight to like not anger or like fighting back or, it just straight to sarcasm. I think that's like the part, yep. like, that's really where you're just kind of so annoyed. We're just like, sweet, great, great call, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Um, thanks for fucking me over. So, yeah, I mean, we, we heard a yeah. lot from the Ferrari, um, like, over the radios from Saturday and Sunday of just being like, hey, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Yep, exactly.
1: And when, when he was out, like, on his inters and it was still dry, he was like, guys, there's no rain out here. And they were like, uh, eh, we think there is rain at turn 12. So <laughs> it's like,
0: okay. So there's one
1: tiny sliver of the
0: track is where these inters <laughs> gonna are going to come in handy. Uh, there's going to be 19 cars just piled on top of each other around turn 12 where <laughs> <and> he's going <laughs> to stroll on by with those inters, baby. <laughs> yeah, but, man,
1: ah, what a time. Uh, all right, let's move on. You talk about my boys, McLaren. It's too painful for me. to uh,
0: McLaren, 148 points, gaining a whole two points just because of Saturday and the sprint race because Danny Ricardo started P14. Danny Ricardo qualified P14, started up in P11 into a DNF. Lando Norris, P4, starting P7, also to a DNF. And just like that, all this talk and excitement about McLaren potentially coming in. Kind of these last couple races, uh, shocking the nation, shocking the world. And passing Alpine goes skaboot skablat uh and so does ian's happiness um just a huge blown opportunity we're used to seeing this from alpine this was a, like a move that i was expecting alpine to do um and just yeah just it wasn't and it wasn't really um car performance issues it was driver mistakes um so i guess kind of like the the Lando Norris part was a bit of a surprise the daniel ricardo it's it's every other weekend um so i guess not too much of a surprise <laughs> for that but yeah i mean they were they were mean they were mean out there um danny taking out like the feel-good story maybe of the year i latifi getting p1 and uh fp3 whatever it doesn't count so not that great but K Mag haas's first ever um pull Mag's first ever pull feel-good story of the weekend just fucking takes him out pretty early in the race which um You know, I was pretty upset with uh, as being like a big K Mac fan myself, and then Lanto, and then Lando, and then Lando uh, taking Charles right into the wall, so uh, really affecting him. I think that without that happening, he probably gets on podium. Um, So I think it was just like these guys caused havoc, and like the it it showed. Um, And then last thing I wanted to say about this, uh, I know obviously we were talking about potentially Nick Devries taking in Lando Norris's spot this weekend, Lando having some tummy-tum issues, uh, and then ending up actually going out to race. Apparently, yeah, diarrhea just makes you turn into, like, a a shit yourself because um, he was a little shit out there. Ding, Is that? Nice. Yeah, so yeah, maybe uh, maybe they should have uh, given the old switcheroo see what Nick could have done with with an empty stomach. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. He lost seven pounds
0: this weekend, he said.
1: Oh, yeah. nice! So, just just diarrhea, or diarrhea, and sweat from the race. Uh, I'm
0: gonna go with diarrhea.
1: Yeah, just diarrhea. I rumor like on the street, better. Uh, <laughs> rumor on the street that we made. All right, let's move on to P four in the constructors championship and talk about Alpine. Boo! 167 <laughs> points is where they sit right now after nabbing 14 points after a weekend with a sprint race where they didn't finish in the points on the sprint race. Esteban Ocon calling P6, dropping down to P17 on the sprint. And then uh, finishing P8, Fernando Alonso qualifying P7. Sprint race ended P18 for him and he got up to p5 so huge roller coaster of a weekend like awesome qualifying for both of them horrible sprint for both of them and then awesome awesome race like p i mean p18 to p5 for fernando is pretty like badass like i that's like worth going back and kind of watching that onboard cam because he's got to be like i don't think he got much tv time but he had to be just flying past those uh, those cars so um you know the alpine it was like a, it was a great joke that after like you know the sprint race happened, there was a bunch of tension between Fernando and Esteban. Um, I think Fernando eventually took the blame for it, like in an Instagram post. But his car was on fire after the sprint, or one of the Alpines, I think it might have been yeah. Esteban's, was on fire after the sprint race, which was a perfect metaphor for, like, how that sprint race went for him. And then they did a driver's parade before the race, where they, they did classic, like, old style cars. And then true to form, uh, Alonzo's was the only car that had engine trouble. And so he had to ride in Yuki's car. Like, if that isn't, I mean, talk about, like, the perfect metaphor. Like, Alonzo, even during a driver's parade, can't get his car to actually, like, function So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, they are. They. I think they did their maximum for this season, like unless something absolutely wild, wild happens, which I'm not going to hold out hope for um, being 19 points ahead. Like, you know, they did get P4. I think they're happy that they don't have to deal with the tension. Like imagine, I mean, you know, obviously Red Bull's going to have some tension, but like imagine these two guys having to race again next season after all the shit that they were, were talking. Um, and it just seemed like they were at each other's throats. Otmar, Otmar, uh, I can't, or Otmar, one of the race engineers went full dad mode being like uh, Esteban, Fernando's behind you with fresher, fresher tires. Can you promise me uh, that you're not going to like? Can you let him by? Can you promise me you're not going to race it? Ocon was like, "Oh, I'm gonna. You know, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm. Gonna, I need to race Vettel. We'll see what happens." He's like. Basically the equivalent of, like, I will turn this fucking team, I will turn this car around if you don't promise me right. I need you to say, I, Esteban Ocon, will not fight my teammate. It was just like, yeah, you could tell, like, once you get once you get that level of embarrassing, like, as, you know, coming from the pit garage of, like, hey, boys, play nice, I think it's safe to say that, you know, they're glad that this season is coming to an end and they can race each other on different teams and not have to be in kind of the same race degree room.
0: Has anyone um, that has been Ocon's teammate left enjoying Ocon? Because him and Perez hated each other, right? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know well. if he
1: and Danny like hated each other, but yeah, I mean Danny left. Yeah. So. I guess Danny <laughs> probably
0: can't hate anyone. Like it's not in his DNA to. But um, like he would, you never saw like the way he. Um, he his personality with Hulkenberg you know the Hulkenberg all the time and like Urkenberg. and then all the like interactions that he has with his other teammates you never really saw that with Ocon like there you never really got that so it maybe was one of those just like um, I'm not going to publicly hate you but I just I don't want to be around you so
1: yeah I mean I, I think that's probably how I feel about Esteban Ocon yeah. she's like I don't hate you but I don't want to hang out with you <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of suck <laughs> No, oh, you kind of boy.
0: All right, moving <laughs> along to our boys, the silver Arrow, the silver arrows with 505 points. A big 58 points this weekend. Lewis Hamilton, damn, qualified P8, sprint P3, finished P2. George Russell qualified P3, sprint P1, finished P1. So I mean, 58 points. Uh, I think you can probably get a max of 60 points on a sprint weekend is that right maybe uh, i mean probably yeah, there? probably a little I more mean the, yeah, they I they mean, not not they damn near off. maxed out so uh i mean the ultimate perfect weekend for them um it was very cool to see both in the sprint um and kind of uh towards the end of the race as well on sunday seeing lewis and max battling Obviously, um, blast from the past as well is because they run into each other and um, it <laughs> cause a mini crash. So, uh, yeah, that just brought in. Just, <laughs> just like, just old, like times, old times. Dude, just like uh, old time. It felt like 2021 again. Um, and, I mean, look, they're 19 points away from uh, Ferrari. If they were given, if there was one extra race weekend, like this wasn't the last race coming up. I'm, I'm feeling pretty damn confident that Mercedes is going to finish in second. Um, it is still just embarrassing the fact that, like, we're having to have this conversation in the first place. Um, I, I personally yep. think that if I'm semi-competent in Ferrari, I understand there are 19 points. Like, this is what has to happen for them to score 20 points more than us this weekend i think they got to play it just relatively safe like they can't be going and going for it all um there's no benefit for them to do that so i think that there's going to be a little bit more of a safe play when it comes to ferrari in order for them to win this um i don't think they deserve the second place at all but um i i think they just mercedes is just one race too late to be able to catch them um but I, i mean i think that I mean, obviously, George, the best weekend of his career, first ever win. Um, huge congrats, seeing him cry. Uh, he cries about every week, but this is like happy tears for winning and coming at first. So uh, very exciting to see with that. But I mean, it was extremely impressive knowing after the race, Mercedes came out saying that there was actually a leak in his car. They really thought that he was going to have to DNF and retire. Uh, which would have just completely changed yeah. everyone's reek- weekend and uh, they went <laughs> up and decided to go with the strategy of not telling George at all didn't want to get it in his head maybe just didn't want him to like second guess himself saying like maybe we should or you know change the um, the like strategy that they had and man did that work out like if it didn't and something what if something uh, catastrophic happened car- like a leak in the car something really bad happened blew up and they're like fuck we're not of shit Maybe uh, should have said something, uh, but man, that's the old that's the old Carlos
1: signs where they just like uh, I can't remember which race it was. They didn't say anything and it was like, "Hey Carlos, your car is on fire." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "What the fuck? What do you mean?" <laughs> okay, all right.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, uh, great, high, Warning high risk, high nice. reward. Uh, the reward, the risk yeah. paid off, and so yeah, congrats to Mercedes. I think the one thing that I would say too is. Um, I know towards the end of the race that uh, both drivers kind of ask, like, hey, are we racing for one and two? Or are we, like, racing the race? What's the deal? And they're like, yeah, like, just be smart about it. We're going to let you race. But I think leading up to that, um, they were definitely in the mindset of, hey, we want to, and I, I, I can't really blame them, but, like, there's an opportunity for us to score one, two. Um, and the way it's looking right now, George is in one. We're going to strategize when... Perez like kind of break up that tire discrepancy between the two and really help and push that one too so I think by the time that they got to the last couple laps of the race Lewis's car uh Lewis's tire were uh, a handful of laps older so there just wasn't really that uh, opportunity for Lewis to really fight for first. It um, was a little unfortunate for Lewis. I know there was a point in the the, uh, the race where they said box, and he was like, my tires are fantastic. Like, please let me stay out here. And they are like, box now, box the fuck now. They're... And so uh, just didn't give him the opportunity understand that, you know, hey, these points are val- valuable. We're shooting for the stars and trying to get this P2 um, after all that's happened this year. So don't blame him, but, uh, man, would have been cool to see both Silver Air is going at it head-to-head for the final race, for the final laps.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think we will like next season if they, it seems like they've developed their car. Hopefully they can like build on the momentum that they have. But uh, yeah, I mean, I got really excited when George was like, are we securing the one-two or are we racing? They are like, you're racing. Like, let's go. <laughs> like Lewis licking his chops. But, yeah, uh, George, I think, is he's class, man. He's, he's super, super good. So, uh, all right, moving on to P2. Your boys, Ferrari, 524 points in the championship, 19 points ahead of Mercedes, like he said. They walked away with 37 points this weekend. Uh, Charles Leclerc calling P10 finishing p6 in the sprint and then finishing p4 in the grand prix carlos signs p5 to p2 to p3 finish at the end of the weekend so uh yeah we talked about Charles getting fucked basically from the beginning of the weekend during quals um and then he got fucked again because he didn't get the position from carlos for the sprint and then he didn't get the position from carlos for the race uh you can i totally get the argument like carlos is only six points i think behind lewis right now in the championship so he wants to get that too but like i feel like you do have to prioritize your driver that is fighting you know that is fighting the bigger fight um but anyway i think looks like these boys are gonna get p2 in the championship like you said but i just don't they do not deserve it like i think they had as fast as a car as fast of a car as they had at the beginning of the season like you know Charles won the first race and it was like okay these guys are going to you know potentially run away with it there was talks about the third or after the third or fourth race it was like okay this is going to be boring if this continues like this fumbling the bag as bad as ferrari has is just inexcusable i think the only silver air, silver, silver arrow silver line that you can draw is what you said of like mattia obviously it's it's still in the rumor stage right now but i think if you follow f1 you understand kind of what that means <laughs> it's like it's just not you know it's not true yet um i think like this is a perf like if they were to get p3 like if they were to get passed by Merck, call it like a double dnf and then Merck just like kind of cleans up uh i think it, that's like the final straw that is like it's it's inexcusable for Mattia to be at the helm anymore so like I think you can't really it's, it's kind of like a, a win-win for you at this point like you either get P2 or you get Mattia fired quicker uh than he already is going to so uh tension in the garage pretty apparent it seems like everyone's tired of everyone's bullshit in the, on that team uh Charles with the team Carlos seems to be, you know, he's just a red-headed stepchild where no one, like, celebrates his successes. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, everyone is mad at everyone. There's a lot of trouble in that paradise. Uh, and I think, like, you yeah, know, we talked about it a little bit with Charles, like, asking for the position. He was like, think of the championship, think of the championship. But, um, you know, there was talk about Charles only asking for that because they already talked. There was an agreement ahead of time where if, like, Charles could – gain a position, they would give it to him. So I think, uh, you know, maybe just Carlos getting on the podium might have changed that, but it seems like the two guys are Sergio and uh, and, and Charles who probably should have gotten higher positions if the team were, like, good at, at working together. But I don't know, man. What do, what do you got to say? You're the Ferrari fan.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a equal myself because um, I just – I think very similar to you, like if they were to squander this and get P3, like it, people would be losing their shit. If they were like, oh, we like, give them one more year. Like, look at all the improvement they got. We're P2 now. Look at us. Uh, Or we're P3, but look how close we were to P2. Um, And I'm worried that the fact that if they do manage not to fumble the bag and show up like that, just, just barely get to P2, that. They're still gonna say, "Hey, like we're," he's put us in the right direction. We've like look at the performance and improvement that we've shown over these past couple years. We want to see that through. So that is my biggest worry: is that like if they get P two, they maintain it. That we do see Mattia as a team principal another year. Um, and I just I think like it's one of those coaches that you know they get you to like uh, a good, a strong college coach, right? Like they, he comes in. Get your team from like bottom of the conference to kind of mid tier, but like you know that he's not going to get you to the top conference. He's not going to get you to the college playoffs. You need to get like, thank you for everything you've done. Appreciate it all, but then we got to get like someone else that actually kind of maybe knows how to handle the team a little bit better. That's kind of how I I view Mattia at this point right now, and so I I am ready to see him go. Um, I do I do like him as a person. I think he's a kind of a goofy. Odd little guy, It um, cracks me up a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just that is my biggest worry. Where like, if I know that if I know that they maintain P two and he stays, or they may they lose and get p P three and he's gone, I'm gonna I'm I'm leaning towards them finishing P three this year, so they have a better chance at P one future years. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, um, kind of a kind of a conundrum coming into this last race. But I, I mean. Uh, the best of both best of both worlds is this rumor is true, set in stone. No matter what happens next week, and then they get P two and he's gone regardless. So um, that is that is you know kind of my little Christmas wish for the Formula One gods. So yeah, I mean we'll see. Um, just just a hurtful hurtful second half of the season. Uh, I guess hurtful uh, three fourths of the season. Good good one. You know first quarter though that was fun. Um, yeah, that was yeah, awesome. You guys were killing that super it that first exciting, quarter. Yeah. All right.
1: If there was a championship just for first quarter, you guys would have... We uh, had it did. pretty well.
0: That's kind of sick. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, moving on to our first place team. Red Bull with a 719 points, 23 points this weekend. Pretty low for them. Uh, Max Verstappen, P2, and then Sprint P4, and then finished the race P6. Sergio Perez, Qual P9, Sprint P5, finished P7. Um, I mean... Max has had nothing to race for the last, what, month or so. Um, So nothing changes for him if he finishes with two points, zero points, 25 points. It it didn't matter for him. Uh, And he finishes in front of his teammate for the sprint and the race. I think the sprint, I don't know, like a little less. I, I understand a little bit more. I know he was kind of like Max's car was damaged in the first place. So like maybe like slowing down that much more. Um, I, d- I don't remember how far, um, you know, P6 was uh, in the sprint. So uh, maybe there was a little bit too much risk of letting Sergio go by. But uh, in the main race, obviously, um, I mean, just all the opportunity. I think, mean, we've talked about this. It was just the onboard of the conversation. Uh, it was one of the most awkward conversations I had to listen in on of them being like, Max, uh, give the position to Sergio and then just like Dead silence for a good 15 seconds. Repeat it. Another dead silence. And it wasn't until after the race where they're like, uh, what the fuck happened? Could you not hear us? What happened? And, and like we said, he just goes on to be like, I told you guys. I told the garage never to speak. ask me that again. You heard that, right? Like, it was like, I don't know. I, I, I like, Are we I'll clear? clear. Yeah. Are we clear? I am viewing, like, Christian created this Max, like, kind of the idea and who Max is really just like, feeding him saying like and and just uh you know wetting his gears saying he's the greatest ever like how much he loves him i think he created a little bit of a monster a bit where it is max not like kind of running this team right now because after he said that christian there was no comment back from christian like i i feel like you know this he's what 23 years old 24 years old It's getting like you know you are still the driver you still have a team to look after you still have a principle you still have a principle to um that is o- over on top of you but um yeah i mean i think he is just hey. <laughs> yeah well i mean obviously that is not the case because horner is much more on <laughs> bottom uh when it comes to max um so yeah i mean I, th- I think he is just you know he's in the mindset where it's like this i am i am goaded i am like i am racing and so like whatever i say kind of goes um and so yeah just tough look and like when people get mad like I also said this, I mean, is Maxism, maybe the most narcissistic person I've ever seen. Like he, any listener, anyone, please show me a clip of Max apologizing for something. And there has been very apparent things that Max has done wrong. And I have yet to see something where he's like, Hey, this is my fault. It's always, I mean, he gets a penalty for crashing into Lewis. He blames it on Lewis. He's like, Lewis didn't give me any room. This is on him. I mean, if that's the case, then Lewis should be given the penalty. That's not the case. It's just no matter what happens, it is someone else's fault. And it kind of reminds me of listening and watching that uh, Schumacher documentary where there's kind of very similar times. And maybe this is like just the upper echelon of type of drivers where like they just can't admit them being wrong. Like there's just something about that where like if I admit I'm wrong, that means I lost this argument. So I cannot do that. Like there's just something inherent in them that they can't do it. But Man, it is frustrating to be a fan uh, of the sport and just kind of like see this and just and just like being a decent person in general, just being like, dude, just, just admit you're wrong and move on. I think a lot more people would respect that and appreciate that. But man, it just is not in his DNA to ever do that.
1: I, I understand. I, we obviously didn't get to see, like, Michael Schumacher race. Like, I wasn't watching Formula One when that happened. Maybe maybe this is just, like, ignorance coming from me not having seen that and being like, hey, this is what it takes to be a championship. Like, you always have to be focused. Kind of that, like, Mamba mentality, right? The, the, like the Kobe Bryant thing. I get that argument. Like, I understand to become Formula One world champion, like, there's one guy, right, that, that can do it every year. And you have to have that kind of, like, gene in your brain. Right. Where, where that like the focus is only on winning and only on like maximizing performance. But you've already won. Like you have won the championship. Your team has won the constructors championship. It just comes off as so ridiculously entitled and self-righteous to not give a guy help who has never once faltered in, in helping him. Right. And so like. Like, it helped him on his championship run last year a lot. Like, picking off, you know, uh, picking off fastest lap points when Lewis, like, won the race, just so Lewis gets 24 points, or 25 points instead of 26. Um, How many times do we remember Max saying, like, oh, Checo is a legend, or, like, Checo is a lion? Like, those comments were frequent over the last two years. And they, you know, like, it's... It's small stuff that T- that Checo does where it's like, dude, I he, he is basically, Ch- like, Max's bitch. And, and, like, okay, that's fine. But don't you want to give your bitch, like, some kind of thanks yeah. every now and then? Like, like don't you want to at some point, like, when it doesn't matter to you, you have nothing to gain and nothing to lose. Like, help the guy who has gone so far out of his way to help you. Like, it just again the the entitlement that comes out of that and just the big middle finger to the other side of the garage for the team that has put you in the car to win the championship is so is so mind-boggling to me like i, I i've always liked max verstappen just as like a, you know he was the challenger when lewis was winning all that like seeing him finally beat the seven time like probably goat of racing like i've always stood behind him but it's just like Fuck, man. This is the perfect time for you to prove that you are not as big of an asshole as almost everybody else in the paddock who doesn't wear a Red Bull shirt to Grand Prix thinks. And it's just like, you you don't do it. You didn't do it for the sprint. I'm sorry, I don't buy the argument that like, oh, his car was damaged, so if he slowed down too much. Like, dude, we've seen people give up positions like right at the finish line. Just slow down at the finish line and give your teammate an extra point and then give your teammate an extra point. Uh, give your team an extra two points by giving him p6 and and you get p7 it's not like you're like it's not like you're going for the win it's not like you're going for the podium like you you're just literally going from p6 to p7 during a championship year that you've already won like imagine if you're if you're checo right now obviously like it's it's annoying but if you're red bull and you're on the checo side of the garage imagine going into abu dhabi three points ahead of charles instead of tied like now it's just whoever finishes with the better position in abu dhabi is, gets p2 but if you have that three-point buffer like okay maybe you know m- maybe there's a p3 and p4 right where Checo's p4 charles p3 and you still and you still win you know what i mean you still win p2 in the championship so it just completely broke my brain and and, and like Again, like I mentioned, people were trying to not even come to to defense of Max, but just talk about other stuff (laughs) because, like, there is no defense of Max. Like, he's just simply a douchebag, and yeah, there's like that's that's how I mean that's how I see it, and I don't think like I haven't seen a single argument that's like that is counter of that where it's not like, hey, that's a huge leap, you know, like that's a big stretch for you to kind of think that Max is in any way, shape, or form like
0: not horribly wrong about this. But yeah. anyway, and ran. No, no, I mean, preach the choir, man. It is, um, I mean, and I don't know, that killer mentality that everyone says, like that um, That Schumacher, that Max has, like we said, Lewis probably going down right now as the greatest of all time. He, he does not give off those vibes at all. You know, he's no. he's a guy that like, you'll see him get frustrated at everyone at, at times. So does every other driver at times. But it's the like, He he apologizes plenty of times on his own mistakes. He thanks the team. He's appreciative. Uh, I mean, has you know, still great relationship with his previous drivers outside of Fernando, who's also kind of a dick. Uh, But outside of that, I mean, (laughs) I mean, eh, and uh, I guess Nico as well. But I mean, eh, whatever. You know, Nico's got he's got his own problems. Um, (laughs) But I mean, yeah, it just it it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, we clearly are um, two dudes. Uh, on a podcast so we don't have that like mentality and that understanding of what it really takes and kind of um, that killer mentality so maybe we're just we just don't got we clearly don't got it you know we don't got it that's for that's for
1: sure but yeah (laughs) anyway all right that was fun i liked it
0: let's move on uh anything else i guess before we move on uh two things Uh, i think we talked about these three at length but uh who would you want least as your teammate Ocon, stroll or max Max. Max. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Stroll's going to crash into me, right?
1: Stroll's going to crash into me and be annoying. Probably same with Esteban, but Max would probably like, like, you know, if my family died, he would not, he would not say anything. He'd just be like, you should have, you should have been better. Yeah.
0: Oh. And like, you know, Max crashes into me. It's my fault if it's Max also. um, And I mean, Max is obviously just a stellar driver. So not only do you have like that frustration of, him crashing into you and it's your fault, but you know, the garage is kind of gonna side with him as much as possible because he's one of the greatest drivers ever. So, I mean, it's just, it's a lose lose for that situation, which is currently the position Checo was in. Um, I think one more thing that I thought was kind of interesting uh, during the last yellow flag, um, the I think there was an extra what five additional laps waiting for Yuki to get the okay to unlap himself. It seemed like the stewards uh, just fell asleep for a little bit. I looked into like the reason why it all like everything happened. Um, very confusing it was like they they changed this rule specific to Abu Dhabi uh, last year causing the whole issue of Max getting that championship win um, and I think it was like uh, Yuki unlapped himself initially and then went to pit and then by pitting he came out back and behind or in front of um, and really like created another relap. And it just – they couldn't figure out for the longest time how to get Yuki back to unlapped. I thought that was a pretty simple fix to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just – lap after lap, they were like, is he going to – are they going to let him go? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, I think yeah. that race changes dramatically as well if they give him an extra, like, five, six laps.
1: Yeah. I mean, the people on soft t- – I mean, George and, and Lewis were on soft tires toward the end, and that could have, like, fallen off a little bit. But, yeah, another another wonderful – Wonderful gong show from the FIA that I, we should make like a compilation at the end of the season to be like, this is where they fucked up in this race, and in this race, this is where they fucked
0: up. <laughs> who, who had more fuck-ups, it's the
1: FIA or if it's Ferrari? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a close race.
0: All right, moving right along to our gambling corner. All right,
1: let's get into our Gambling Corner. But before we do, we have a sponsor this week, Marco. F1 getting a lot of attention. That means your boys are getting attention. So this part of the podcast, the Gambling Corner, is brought to you by Last Hope Couples Counseling. Around this time of year, it gets colder, gets darker earlier, and spirits that were flying high during the summertime can plummet to the ground for a fiery death. This time of year affects morale, moods, work, and especially our relationships with our partners. That's why Last Hope Couples Counseling is here to solve any problem, big or small, between partners who are going through rough times. No matter how big or small the issues with your partners are, we assure you that our licensed counselors have helped other couples in similar situations to settle their differences and thrive. Our customers span the entire globe, and their issues are all over the map, too. Do any of these sound familiar? Sebastian from Germany says, For several months, I've felt ready to throw in the towel and give up. My partner is an entitled, silver spoon-fed, immature little baby, and they're acting like a child on a regular occasion. Is it wrong to give up and flee from a lifestyle of fear? Fernando from Spain says, I'm getting ready to go steady with someone who has a reputation of being a bit of a jerk. I'm looking for stability and money as I get older, but how can I be sure that this is not going to blow up in my face? Sergio from Mexico says, for two years, it feels like everything I do for my partner goes unnoticed. I do all I possibly can to make us happy, but when there's an opportunity for them to reciprocate in even the slightest way, they completely ignore me. Also, my partner's dad was charged with assaulting his wife and threatening her via text messages, violating a previously issued restraining order. Look it up, December 2008. (laughs) Help! So like I said, no issue is too big or too small for Last Hope Couples Counseling, no matter what the issue, we've seen it before. So come on down and hash it out so that your partnership doesn't come crashing down on you. Last Hope Couples Counseling, because you absolutely need it. So big shout out to them. Couldn't be more timely, I'd say. Uh between the the different uh you know,
0: just the time of year oh, yeah. I think. People get a little I snippy. know, yeah. The holidays come in. Uh would have loved to hear uh their accents. Would have been nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fortunate <laughs> that it, <laughs> it's fortunate that they didn't get to call in, I guess, and say that.
1: <laughs>
0: Maybe, next, Maybe time. next time. Maybe next time. All right. Uh great great ad moving into our gambling corner. Um I I'll love to go first. Um I went with Alpine double points finish, minus 110, the double unit special. Uh, I was feeling pretty terrible about this on Saturday because both (laughs) Alpines were in, what was it, P15 and P18? Did not think this was going to happen. I thought, ah, shit, here we go again. But alas, the gambling mind does it again. Uh, So I started with... 102 dollars going into this weekend i'm at 120 dollars and 20 cents so uh man i have i've made 20 percent of what i originally started with like i'm a fucking genius dude ian
1: uh not so hot on the double unit special this weekend danny rick top 10 that was that lost in the first 45 seconds of the race so that was cool Uh, so that was a loss for two units, and then the over 10-second winning margin, thanks to the safety car and the FIA, uh, not knowing how to unlap Yuki Tsunoda, they didn't give like enough space for it to open up at all, so yeah, that sucked, so we're down pretty bad, we're down, (laughs) we started at $74, are down to $44 now, so we've only, we haven't lost 60% of our money yet, is the way we're looking at this, so... We still got forty-four percent of what we started. All I'm
0: saying, with. so not as hot as Marco. You have one race
1: left to make all your money back. Quadruple unit special, dude. <laughs>
0: might as well. Dude. Quadruple <laughs> unit might special. Might
1: well. I'll cook it up. I'll cook up the. I'll cook up some bets in the lab. I'll see what I like. Yeah, I like it a lot. K Mag pole maybe quadruple Could unit you special, imagine, dude, dude. I'm making back-to-back. millions. <laughs> Uh, all right. Good gambling corner. Let's get to our race predictions yeah. yeah.
0: All
1: right. Going into the weekend, I was beating Marco by one point. I believe it was 27 to 26. Um, I hit on. Oh, I see a little contest in our in our prep sheet here. Uh, I got Mercedes win for the uh, wildcard prediction. And then douche of the day, looks like Marco is contesting. Are you do you want to make your case against Max Verstappen I, being the douche I of the day? I would like to make my
0: case because while Max okay. as a person was a douche, I think when it comes to actual results of who was the douchiest based off of results, Danny Ricardo was the douchiest. The feel good story of the weekend with K Meg. Polling for the first time ever with Haas on Friday, him holding on to points on Saturday with eighth, and then getting knocked his dreams ruined very early in the race with everyone supporting and backing him up and him just having the best, could have been the best race weekend of his entire life. If he gets, lands in the top 10, lands kind of where he was at to start the race, just destroys that opportunity. Max, on the other hand, knocks out Lewis uh for a penalty lewis ends up p2 so what i mean he might have gotten p1 but he ended up pretty damn fine that's okay uh what else did he do he didn't give up a position to his teammate two points he didn't give up so a total of three points because of the sprint race three points and that's three points that sergio could have been leading Mm -hmm. going into the last uh race of the year yes but yeah go ahead. so i I mean this is a race sunday (laughs) like we said remember it was sunday
1: Oh, true, true, true. true, true. Two points. yeah. So two.
0: All right, two points, two points. I mean, like, (laughs) when it comes to actual results, I do not think that Max was the biggest biggest douche. I think Danny was the biggest douche because he ruined a potential once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a Haas team at K-Mac. I see your
1: argument, but... I don't know if you can argue that Max was the douche of the day. I think the entire internet was on the same page. I think the commentators were on the same page, post-road show was on the same page. Um, And so yeah, Danny Danny did ruin K-Mag's race and that was heartbreaking. Um, Max was outwardly and purposefully a complete asshole when it was unnecessary, when there was a chance to help somebody who has helped him a lot. And I, uh, I mean, I think, I think there's a right answer here.
0: There is. Um, you're right. I just wanted, <laughs> okay. to, just wanted to throw it in there. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, I like do it. I like going back and right forth with, with you. So yeah, two points, two, p- two points for me. Um, and then I went with uh, driver of the day, Lewis, check, check, check. Great call. Um, I went with wildcard prediction as well. Mercedes cuts it to 20 or less. Check on that one. That was huge. And then how many cars don't finish? Um, I went with three. And I nailed that as well, so I got three. We are tied going into the final race of the weekend.
1: Like Checo and Charles, baby, let's go. We're going tied going into Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi loves when people are tied, dude. That's that's like it's. This is going to be. Is this going to
0: be just controversial as shit as well? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Where you and I have to have like a season long just discussion the next season be like that was bullshit it was like it was Still fixed dude count. it's fixed yeah fake fake champion um, all right man that was a long one but I feel like there was no way to do that in a short way just because that was I mean what a fucking weekend like that was like I said just just kick ass to be a Formula One fan when that kind of shit happens so um, yeah all that's left to do we got one more race buddy and then season done
0: virtual virtual handshake. Virtual tears. Virtual tears. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks again. because They got to sell back across the world. <laughs> What's that, that old thing about having to travel across tiny, the tiny world? Thing. Environmentally friendly Formula One. Back at it again. Carbon neutral. See <laughs> assholes. assholes.